Welcome back to Building Billions. I want to talk about all things meetings with you. I'm creating some exciting content on both TikTok and Instagram and also my book that's coming out shortly about meetings and what meetings are important and what you should be saying in meetings and how you should structure them. And then I sat in on a couple of meetings over the last few days and was like, holy shit, I actually need to tell people and create a conversation around what you shouldn't do in a meeting. Because quite honestly, some of these things just didn't even dawn on me. It, it, I, I didn't even, I wasn't thinking with all of the things that somebody, even if they had the right meeting with the right structure, like what they could be saying, what they could be doing in these meetings that are actually causing a lack of confidence in your team. And you might be thinking, man, I don't want to talk about meetings. What a boring topic. Here's the deal. If you're in a leadership role inside your business, I'm in a leadership role in all of the businesses that I work in. And I recognize and take full responsibility of my role in a meeting. If I don't have something to contribute in the meeting, if I don't know what's happening in the meeting, I should not be in that meeting. There are other things that are more important for my time to be spent on. And so knowing that there's this intentionality that leaders should be putting into what meetings they're showing up to, it would make sense, logically, that the contents of the meeting and the conversation in the meeting, there was structure around. And, you know, I've really had a chance through Cardone Ventures to build from the ground up what I wanted meetings to flow like. And I wouldn't say I'm perfect at this. I wouldn't say our organization is perfect at this. However, we've gone from zero to 180 employees in four years and have a business that's wildly profitable and on its trajectory to hit over $100 million in revenue this year. So even though it's not perfect, like I get shit done and these meetings are very conducive to getting shit done and having the right people with the right information to make the right decisions to move the business forward. So my book is going to dive into more of like the nitty gritty and the structure and maybe I'll record a podcast about it if you're interested in that. Let me know if you're interested. If you want to go to buildingbillions.com, I'm sorry, buildingbillionspodcast.com, you can give me feedback on what you want to hear more of or questions that you have. But if you're interested in this particular to- topic, I would love to see that feedback on buildingbillionspodcast.com because what I want to dive into right now, it's like immediate, tangible takeaways for what you should not be doing in your meetings if you are a leader. And even if you don't think of yourself as a leader, which you should, but even if you don't think of yourself as a leader, maybe hierarchically there's somebody else who should be owning more responsibility in the meetings, you still have the ability to implement these things. This isn't just exclusive for the president of a company or a vice president of a company or a director inside a business. This is for anybody who wants to kick ass in meetings and take control of how a meeting flows. So things not to do. First thing, and this is what I saw in this meeting that took place earlier this week, was polling. P-O-L-L-I-N-G, polling. Now, to give you a little bit more context, uh, this meeting that I was sitting in, the team member that was polling was polling a group of people that could not provide the answers. Like, they were not the decision makers. They were not the people who were the most experienced. They do not have a track record of 
having success in the area that this team member was asking a question around. And so I sat there and was just taking it all in. It was one of the first times I've sat in on this meeting. So I was trying to understand the cadence and there was a standing agenda item to talk about, you know, these, these issues that were coming up and the team member just started asking the opinions of everybody else. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks, man, this concept that we teach of model, mimic, master, multiply, something that's deeply ingrained in the ethos of Cardinal Ventures, how we help business owners scale and grow. Well, if somebody hasn't proven that they have a model through statistics that works, you shouldn't be asking that person for advice. And yet in meetings, because people are peers to you, you think that they know or can give you perspective on something when the reality is they can't, they shouldn't, and they're the wrong people to be asking. In this particular situation, this team member in the one-on-one that I have with this individual should bring this question up to me because I have stats in the area of question and I already knew the direction that we needed to go as soon as the situation was shared. But now we're sitting in this position where there's seven other leaders and everyone's pontificating because the question was set up as we're polling, we're asking what people think. And unless it's something very creative, this is like my, this is my piece on this. Unless it's something very creative where you're looking for ideas about how to execute something or you're looking for more of a brainstorm feel to solve a problem of people in a room that are uniquely skilled to help you solve this problem. They have stats in solving these types of problems. You, sh- you should go to one person to talk about an issue. And this is my second piece. Employee issues. It's number two. Things you should never do in a meeting. Employee issues should never be discussed in a group. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances does a group of leaders or an executive team need to talk about employee challenges to a group. They need to talk to the person who's having the issue, needs to talk to the person that they are reporting to, give them the context, provide solutions, and then have the person that they report to give them the direct feedback. But what you do when you throw out employee problems to a group of people is you're setting a precedence for every person in that room to think, hmm, I wonder what they say about me when I'm not around. This whole group of people has now just had this conversation about this employee and all the issues and blah, blah, blah. And you're just creating these reference points for people to wonder, well, like, I hope they don't talk about me like this. It's just not the right thing to do. You have those conversations in a one-on-one environment with the person who is supposed to help. And then you talk to the employee directly about it. You don't talk to their peers. You don't talk to your peers. You get the right guidance from the right person who in your organization is the person who's supposed to be making these decisions. And then you talk to the team member and you, you handle that situation. So those are the first two things. You do not poll and you do not talk shit about other employees in a group of peers or in like a leadership hierarchy structure in your business. Third thing you never do in a meeting is be indecisive. Make a decision. Even if it might be the wrong decision, your ability to have speed in meetings creates momentum. 
And if you're pontificating and you're putting off decisions and team members constantly come to these meetings asking questions and you put them off and you ask for more context and then the decision gets held up because some other thing is happening, it slows your whole business down. And then the use of the meeting really kind of goes away because if a decision isn't made and we're all just talking about it, but nothing moves forward, why did we all just waste this time? So as a leader, your ability to be decisive, even when you are not certain, is a critical leadership quality. It's vital to moving quickly because when the next meeting rolls around, and I am a big proponent of weekly meetings for executive teams. I've had a weekly meeting at Cardo Ventures with our executive team ever since the organization started. And in those meetings, it's like hammering out decisions. Now, there are other meetings for bigger context, doing deeper uh, dive into, you know, just like a project or a real issue or something that needs to be solved. But a group of people, an executive group, a leadership group, if they're bringing you ideas, concepts, things that need to be decided upon, you have to make the decision. Do not put off making the decision. Do not get into too much context. Do not just push the decision off. Make the decision. Stop being indecisive. Nobody wants to be around an indecisive leader. That's one of the things I actually appreciate most about seeing the example, the examples that I have between Brandon and Grant. They move fast. They want as little information as possible in order to make the decision. If there's five paragraphs, they want it in three bullet points so that they can say yes or no. And I've modeled my leadership style very similarly inside our organizations. And sometimes I'm wrong. Okay, you're going to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. If you're not the smartest person in the room and you make a wrong decision and you're worried that people think poorly of you, you know, I've had some really quote unquote smart guys come into our organization throughout Cardinal Ventures and previous organizations. And I used to feel intimidated by them because I didn't want to make the wrong decision. I didn't want them to think I was being brash. And now I think with results, are we having results? Is the way that I'm running this organization, creating the results and the output that clients are happy, our team members are thriving? If the answer is yes, Natalie making 20% wrong decisions or even 30% wrong decisions, I don't give a shit because the 70 that are right are are pretty fucking right. And so you don't have to abide by somebody else's leadership structure, somebody else's decision-making process when you know you have certainty, you can move quickly to have concreteness in the decision-making process, and then you move on to the next thing as quickly as possible. Okay, third thing to do. This might seem obvious, but... I've had experiences in the last few days where I was like, oh, this might not be that obvious. Don't have the wrong people in your meetings. You should be able to be transparent. You should be able to be candid with the right groups of people. But you do not need to put problems on certain team members' lines. That's what we call it. You don't put problems on people's lines, on people's communication lines, on people's thought processes. I'll give you a great example of this. When... We were first developing our our product offering inside Cardone Ventures. Like all things, when you first roll out a new product, there are inherently going to be issues with it. You're going to handle customer complaints. You're going to handle fulfillment issues. You're going to need to get feedback as quickly as possible to make changes so that the product evolves, develops, 
And you just know that that's part of the process. During that process, the last person that would be in a meeting about us going through the product issues would be our head of sales. I don't want him hearing any of the problems. Why? Because he doesn't need to think with the problems. He needs to think with selling it. And I know that as soon as he has on his lines that two out of 20 customers are unhappy, all of a sudden he's going to falter in the sales process because he's like, well, you know, this client might have the same struggle as the other client. So I'm not really going to going to go through overcoming these objections because they might be valid objections. He would be the wrong person to have in a product meeting. So you, you have to look in any meeting that you're setting up or that you're attending, who are the right people to attend this meeting? And I'm a huge proponent of less people than more people. I want fewer people who are the real decision makers who are able to move the ball forward. And they have their people that are their decision makers that they execute things through. We have enough like management, like leadership uh, layers in our organization now. But I'm, I'm very particular about that because I don't want to have to filter myself. However, there's information that certain people do not need to know. And it's not because I'm not being transparent. It's because they don't need to know it. There's, there's a reason that certain departments are shielded from certain information because it doesn't impact them. And they're going to now be thinking with this whole other thing that doesn't actually impact their role, what they're supposed to be fulfilling on. So pay careful attention. If you feel like you're not able to get to the root of issues or be openly candid about solving problems, I would look at who's in the meeting with you because you might feel like you're wasting your time and half of the group shouldn't even be hearing about this and therefore you're not going to talk about it. But then there really isn't a great moment for you to go into these deeper things. Additionally, if you don't have that problem where you're feeling like you're filtered, but you're sharing too much information with people who don't need to know these problems, you're going to create problems because they're going to have a hard time fulfilling their role because now they have all of this context that they do not need. Not everybody needs to know everything inside your business. People who can take action, who can move the ball forward with very specific things should be the people who are invited to these meetings. Okay, this is... I try to shake this. Um, This is an asset and a liability for me. The next thing that you should not do as a leader, especially if you are the leader in an organization, is be disorganized with meetings. And I learned this from a very early career developmental stage where there was so much preparation that would go into these executive meetings. And I felt like I had to do more preparation just in order to look like I had prepared versus it actually being thoughtful, like impactful time. It was thoughtful. It just, the, all the preparation was not necessary. And so I still today sometimes fight the urge of not being too organized because it's a waste of time. However, the, the alternative is still true where you, you should have your shit together when you show up to a meeting that you're leading. You should know what you're talking about. You should know what the issues are. It shouldn't be like the well, is there, you know, anything else? What I do is I have my list of things and then I will ask the team if they have anything else, but that's because I've covered my pieces and I'm not waking up the following day thinking, oh dang, I forgot to ask about the thing. And now I have to wait or send an email when I know I was supposed to just have that already handled because we had this meeting yesterday. My pro tip on this, this is like really nitty gritty. So if you're not by a computer, you might want to pause until you are by a computer. This is my hack for meeting agendas. Throughout the week, as 
different situations arise. I have these tabs that are saved in my bookmark bar, and they're all of the agendas of the important meetings that I attend every week. So there's a daily leadership team meeting I have, there are one-on-ones with my team members, there are executive team meetings. As an issue or topic of conversation or update comes up throughout my week, I simply just open that tab right then and there, add the agenda item so that it's already saved, like there's already the spot for it and I don't have to try to remember the day before or the hour before what I need to talk to everybody around. This, This little tip right here has been a game changer for me. It allows me to be super organized, but not have to panic. It just, you know, it just handles things. Okay. My last idea, my last tip on what not to do, how not to run a meeting is if you're going to spend 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour long talking to your team, going over items There has to be somebody who is dedicated to taking action items and following up on those action items. And those should be done immediately. So I have two team members and their compensation is actually tied to the speed and the accuracy in which they follow up with our very important meetings for action items and follow up. So those meeting notes should be sent out right after the meeting within the day it shouldn't be a few days later just like i cringe when i hear that somebody sends out meeting notes a week later there is no meeting that notes should take so long that it takes an entire week to send them out by then you've lost all the momentum nobody remembers what the details were nobody has followed up on things so even if you're taking like long notes the action items should be sent out same day and then by the end of the week those action items should be followed up on if the team members who are responsible for those things haven't responded to the email. Ideally, those action items actually get put in some sort of project management system. We're working on doing that uh, here at Cardo Ventures, but we really have managed to follow up on action items and to have this recurring cadence via email and through spreadsheets until, you know, we're we're now at this this revenue size. So I think it's doable. However, putting it in a project management system where people can keep track of it and it's very clear when something isn't followed up on and dependencies and all that fun stuff, that's important too. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I like the idea of creating content around things that I'm actually struggling with inside our business or things that I am learning. And it's like real time for me. These meetings, as I mentioned, you know, today's Thursday, these meetings I had over the last 48 hours. Uh, And that was really one of the intentions of this podcast, Building Billions, which is giving you the behind the scenes of the things that I'm noticing, the things that I'm correcting, the things that I'm fixing in our business as we're scaling it to a billion dollars. My last piece on that is when something goes wrong in a meeting, and for me with these different situations that have, have occurred over the last 48 hours, you don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to think, you know, the world is falling down or have this terrible reaction. You just go and fix it. So I've sat down and had conversations with the five different individuals that were contributing to these issues and it's handled. And so I'm going to show up to the next meeting, make sure that the same things don't happen again, but it's this iterative approach that actually allows you to scale your business quickly. It's being able to have difficult conversations, do it with love, but share the bigger picture of why using meetings and time efficiently is so important and vital to the business. And that's the place that I come from. And I find that certain team members, of course, they have 
negative reactions to being corrected, but I coach them through that process because in order to scale a business as quickly as possible, you have to have teams that are willing to iterate and are willing to take feedback and that are actually looking for that. And I do believe that top performers are looking for that from you. And if you're not giving it to them, then they just don't know how they can get better. And they think that they're doing great when in reality, there's lots of things that they could be doing better. So I don't take lots of time or wait a long period before giving people these feedback. I'm like, Hey, this meeting just happened. I'm going to pull you in my office. Hey, this didn't go well. Let's make sure you don't say that again. Let's make sure we do it like this moving forward. And then the situation is handled with that. If this was helpful, if you work with people and your meetings are just like a mess and all over the place, and maybe you guys do these things inside your company, you should forward this episode to your coworkers, to the other team members, to your employees, to the people that, you know, would benefit from it because that would A, mean the world to me, but B, it's going to help them out because me telling them that something's off and awry in your meeting structure, it's actually a lot easier than you telling them. So that's a little cheat code as well. Share, don't forget to subscribe. And if you haven't left a review, would mean the world to me if you did leave a review. I've got so many reviews already and I read every single one of them. I check the reviews on a daily basis. And so I really appreciate you giving me your thoughts, your experience, and look forward to the next one.